Welcome to Scale Her Up, the female entrepreneur show with me, Brenda Hector. I'm a business growth specialist helping business owners to develop themselves and grow their businesses so they can achieve their goals and enjoy the lifestyle they dream of. I'm also on a mission to revolutionise the entrepreneurial landscape for women in business. In every podcast episode, I interview someone who has an inspiring story or some great advice for women aiming to start or scale their businesses. If you're new to the show, take a moment to subscribe and please check out the previous ones after listening to this. We've got an awesome community on Facebook. Just search for Scale Her Up and join in. I'm absolutely delighted to have Kate Stott of Beauty Booker with me on the Scale Her Up podcast today. Welcome, Kate. Great to have you here. Thank you very much for having me here today, Brenda. It's an absolute honour to uh, to be chatting to you and speaking more about Beauty Booker. Yeah, we're we're here to raise awareness of women in business, and you know you've been awarded Scottish Businesswoman of the Year, Beauty Entrepreneur of the Year. You've been voted in the top thirty-two female entrepreneurs to look out for. So you've got yeah some some great uh, accolades there. But let's let's just start off with how you got into business, Kate. Tell us tell us your your story, your journey to to being a businesswoman. Okay, so I, I started my career quite early in, in oil and gas, um, predominantly in procurement and logistics. And uh, and that was it, I was 17. And then when I was 19, I moved to Australia. I managed to pick up a, do- a job quite quickly with my uh, North Sea experience over there. So I became a procurement specialist over in Perth in Australia. And then the following years kind of saw me uh, move uh, to various countries, uh, including the Middle East and, and, and Spain and travel quite a bit. Um, I had my first daughter over in Australia as well. Um, so then kind of forward, fast forward seven years, I moved back to the UK. Um, all of a sudden, you know, found myself on my own uh, with a small child and um, I needed to get a job. So I just, I grabbed what was on offer at the time. I fell into recruitment. Um, and that job quite organically grew um, into uh, something else, and, and that was uh, marketing, uh, where I found my true passion in life, and that was promoting others. Um, so that was fantastic, and it was great. And then obviously um, a downturn came, and um, I found myself out of a job again. So uh, at that time, I, I had another two babies. Uh, 16 months between each other um, so all hands were on deck at home between three children um, and it wasn't till till one day I, w- I was sitting on the sofa feeding my um, my daughter and my husband came through and he said listen grab some time for yourself this weekend uh, you need a break so I thought oh, you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna go and get my nails done as most uh, mothers of young babies uh, need some R and R and and just a treat sometimes. So I found myself trying to find an appointment uh, for that coming Saturday, um, within a small space of time, and um, I realised that 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 task was just it was so time consuming. I was trawling through Facebook and Instagram, looking at various uh, businesses um, and emailing them and direct mailing them. And um, I couldn't get an appointment, and I thought, surely you know this has got to be easier. Um, you know, going back to my time spent in the Middle East, um, you know, over over uh, 10 years ago now, it was really quick to book services um, back then digitally, you know, and, and I thought, you know, I can order a Chinese quicker to my door these days than I can get a nail appointment. Why is that? So um, 
that's where the light bulb moment was and um and it kind of just grew arms and legs from there um thereafter i would i kind of sat on the idea i would scribble um ideas on how i would market the business how i saw the product um work and and feel as a user um so <laughs> subsequently i now have about 10 notebooks that i keep in, in my office now just with all those old notes of of what my first ideas were and it wasn't till about three years after that or four even that i decided to do something about it you know we'd we'd lost a, a really close family member quite suddenly that year and it just made me I don't know, pull my thoughts together as to what I wanted to do with my life. Um, you know, I, I didn't want to have any regrets. So um, we pushed ahead. Um, I reached out online uh, to speak to some developers, iOS developers, um, and we met with them. And it, it kind of just it grew organically from there. That's amazing. A great, great story. Sometimes it's not just one thing. It's a number of things that all add up to get you to take that that leap of faith absolutely and i think Would that, you agree? yeah it, it, it was i think it was you know having the the confidence to do something about it eventually um and i think it it took me unfortunately to to lose somebody quite close to me to realize that that i wanted to just take this plunge and and go forth with this big scary <laughs> business idea that nobody else was doing and was having your own business was that something that you'd you'd often thought about through the years or did it just come with this idea? So no, and it's something that I feel quite passionately about now is the fact that not that we, none of us need permission in life, but um, if you're taught from an early age that things are in grasp and things are possible for you, in particular for women, then I think that makes it easier. And um, what, what dawned on me quite recently was it wasn't until I was doing some some work with the local councils and schools was that it was never said to me as a young woman growing up in, in any educational setting that you could um, run your own business, that you are more than capable of having your own business. So for me, it was never in that grasp of reality until I had this idea. So now I, I feel quite passionately about working with schools to, to tell our journey, but also to, to just say that you know, you're more than capable of doing this as well. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, actually. It's not, it's not a career path that wasn't shown to me as a young person, and I, I don't think it's, it's much better now, actually. I've got teenagers myself, and I, I don't believe that entrepreneurship is really something that our young people are... I wouldn't even say encouraged. It was shown that it's an option. So yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. So tell me, what are you doing with the with the councils? Then are you are you talking to schools, talking so to young yes, people? We've just, we've just wrapped up the most recent initiative, and that was lift off with uh, Aberdeen City Council, um, and and that was just an initiative to to help young people, in particular um, the the older settings, so the S fives and S six hear from local businesses and hear their business journeys so uh, we've just wrapped up that just now we did a video pitch on the story of beauty booker and some top tips and um and yeah that was um streamed out to all the local schools in aberdeen that's fantastic great to hear of 
You're only a couple of years into to Beauty Booker now. How how's it going? Um, yeah, I mean, two years, uh, two and a half, well, nearly two and a half years now. To, it feels like a lifetime away. And you know, I was speaking to a business um, colleague. Uh, sorry, a business um, friend of mine yesterday, and you know, we we're just saying that the journey has provided so much education personally. You know, I don't think you can get this much hands-on experience from any other job other than starting up your own business. Um, oh, absolutely. <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> I think I lived on my nerves for the first 16 months. You know, I was just completely living, breathing anxiety about, you know, where I was going to next and, you know, what we were doing next. So um, it, I feel like I'm, I'm in a much kind of nicer, calmer place now. We, you know, we know what we're doing um, and we know where we're heading. Um, initially, um, the launch went really, really well. Uh, we launched online uh, via social media. So we'd started our social media channels quite early uh, in order to, to kind of gain a bit of a hype uh, around the brand itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so by the time we, we launched in the March, uh, we'd gained some traction and uh, we launched with the, the local press. And, and it saw us have 250 downloads within the first 24 hours. Um, which apparently is quite good for a local app. Um, mm-hmm. But my my sights were firmly set on not being just an app. You know, that was not the future of Beauty Booker. We wanted to be a brand. We wanted to be a business. Um, so um, I got to work quite quickly after we launched to just try and create this business model that fully supported what we wanted to do for the industry going forward, you know, um, there's so many sectors that have evolved through digital um, digital tools and, and you know, you, you look at the takeaway industry that's just absolutely skyrocketed through through Deliveroo and, and Just Eat and then you've got FinTech, you know, with Monzo and Starlin and, and Accountancy with Zero, and we wanted to be that for Hair and Beauty, you know, they, they seem to be somewhat have left, have been left out of the tech evolution. So I got to work quite quickly on on sitting down with a whiteboard in my bedroom and a cup of tea, cross legs, <laughs> and I sat for four hours and I just emptied my brain onto that whiteboard. And um, I'm proud to say that, you know, we're still keeping track to, to what was on that whiteboard originally. Um, you know, we identified six key areas that we wanted to go into and, and how we saw that evolve in, in order to help the industry. And, and what COVID's done actually is that it's accelerated that plan, um, which has been great. Um, so I should probably mention COVID because that <laughs> that's been Bound the biggest. Bound to have had a, a big impact on your business and the businesses that you work with. I'm sure. Yes, yes. Been, How's that been? It's been the toughest time in business and in life. You know, and, and personally, and for every other business out there, it's just. You know, I don't think we'll, we'll probably grasp the true enormity of what's happened to us and our businesses and our lives until this is all over. I think we're still probably going through just the daily autopilot of it all. But um, going back to the week before lockdown, my my gut concern was for those that were self-employed. And in particular in our industry, you know, there's no HR departments you can go to for advice. Um, there's no, you know, office on hand where you know that they would have had the answers for this. It just wasn't there. So I thought, right, okay, I'm going to set up a Facebook support group. Um, We'll just 
we'll just take it as it comes. We'll take each day as it comes, but we'll try and be there and we'll try and rally as much information as we can grab and we'll we'll roll that out. Um, so that was a week before lockdown. Um, that group grew really, really quickly. Um, and before I knew it, I was I was responsible for, for relaying this information, but I knew I couldn't do it myself. Um, so I hopped on to LinkedIn and I appealed to my to my business kind of contacts on there in my community and I said, listen, you know, I've got this group of, of hair and beauty businesses. Um, they need support in key areas. Who can help me? And it was incredible. You know, I had people, um, my accountant, a social media specialist. Um, we had some, some work with uh, mental well-being and all these people gave up their free time to help to help the industry and i'm really proud to say that you know that group has over 1700 business members on it now um within the hair and beauty community so it, it went it grew quite organically from from wanting to help and it finished with lobbying government um through the last lockdown and having weekly government calls um with the team at scottish government um, and and then subsequently led me to being on the call for the National Economic Forum um, with Nicholas Sturgeon a few weeks ago. So um, a proud moment there, um, but there there was so many tough times in, in the group itself. You know, in particular when there was there was really long delays with the grant rollout for the for the mobile close contact. You know, I, on a weekly and a daily basis, I would have mums contacting me saying. I can't feed my children and at that point I, I thought I have to do more you know we have to speak to government now and we have to do it on a regular basis and, and that's when that happened but you know when people got their money thereafter you know it was it was such a relief um, just knowing that people weren't suffering. That's amazing well done you it's just yeah so, so much support was needed through that really horrible time to be able to provide that i mean as as a business coach i always say that being you know being a business owner is really lonely because you're either on your own or you're at the top and you don't have the people to talk to and you don't you don't have colleagues to share things with so and yeah through a really challenging time like that it's amazing to have that support group there and is is the group still is you know still active now i think that you know, going forward, that's still going to be a great resource for everyone in your industry. Yep, it's very much active. And, and what we use it for now is um, obviously industry members to speak to each other. And, uh, you know, if they have a problem that they need advice on, they can hop on the group and use it for that. Um, but also off the back of the group, we, you know, I was able to identify key areas that were that were a concern for, for the industry. So, um it had cropped up that, that training was was one particular one where you know in an industry that's predominantly unregulated there was a lot of people paying for training courses that you know they would come out of and, and didn't quite have the um the accreditation that they wanted or it wasn't insurable so we launched the beauty booker training hub last september uh, in conjunction with our aberdeen training providers in order to help those within the industry upskill and in particular, those that were affected by the mask regulations. So I don't know if you remember, but um, for a long time, near enough over a year, makeup artists couldn't perform um, makeup services and beauticians couldn't provide anything that would remove the mask from the client's face. So facials, lip yes. waxing. Um, and that 
contributed to, to nearly 70% of some businesses' income. So they found themselves, for the first time in their careers, having to then possibly go and retrain in another service and add that to portfolio. So that's when we stepped in and, and launched the Beauty Booker Training Hub. And we now have uh, training providers in Aberdeen, Glasgow and, and Edinburgh. Uh, and we'll continue to, to work on that as well and, um, and keep, you know, keep providing uh, training services within each city in Scotland. Um, and then most recently, we launched the Premises uh, Finder. Uh, and that's for, for people within the industry that have a shop unit to rent, a chair to rent or a beauty room to rent they can hop on to the beauty booker service and and upload uh, that availability um and then in turn we go out and advertise to that uh, industry group itself uh, and to social media that these premises are for free um after all you know none of us want to see any more shop units empty on our high streets um so that's Absolutely. our that's our new initiative as well so you mentioned that you're you're covering Aberdeen, Edinburgh and Glasgow at the moment. Do you have plans? I mean, plans for global domination? What are your what are your big hairy goals? Absolutely. <laughs> I don't stop. Yes. Uh, I mean, at the moment, our app services. So the original beauty booker service of booking appointments that is offline at the moment. And what had happened through COVID was it accelerated the use of salon booking software systems. So when, when we built the, the Beauty Booker apps, a lot of our clients were still operating off of pen and paper diaries. Um, uh -huh. And then what they would do is they would hop onto their Beauty Booker app and they would upload their availability, which was great. And, you know, and it was a tool that could work alongside a salon software and a diary. But what happened with COVID was it accelerated the use of that silent softwares. So we found that most people now are predominantly using a silent software company. So they would upload their availability onto that, but then we were asking them to upload it again onto Beauty Booker. And through a time where it's a bit tough just now, things are busy, it's an added job for them to do. So what we're now working on is is, is a, as a tool that we can um, advertise them in the best way possible that is integrated with that salon softwares. Okay, um, yes. So what that's what we're doing now. And, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, through, um, through COVID and just coming out of lockdown said, you know, you have to do it now, you've got to do it now. And I said, no, you know, there, there's other things that are more important just now, like the training, like the premises finder, you know, we can wait and, and I'm not prepared to rush it. I'm going to take my time and make sure that this tool is the best that it can be. And, and that's what we're doing now. Awesome. That's very interesting how the circumstances that we've been through, the, the COVID circumstances and everything, have changed the course of your business and expanded you into into other areas and i think there's so many businesses have done the same have been on a very clear path and then this massive boulder was dropped in their path and they had to find other ways yeah really interesting to hear your story there other than covid what have been your biggest challenges in business um i guess probably multitasking multitasking is something i did with three children. <laughs> uh-huh, of course. Yeah, I'm right there with you. <laughs> I was really surprised to learn that I'd become quite quite good at it and I hadn't realised that as a mum. 
Um, you know, I think it's it's a thankless job at some times and it's the most rewarding at others, especially when you've got small children. But when you then apply that skills into a business, it can take you back sometimes that you are able to do three different things at once quite easily. <laughs> and I think it's a skill that's really overlooked for women in general. You know, we, we can do that. I guess the other challenges are, you know, juggling childcare and, and running a business. You know, at the very early days, I would be working till three o'clock in the morning sometimes and then getting up at, at half past six and taking the children um, to wherever they needed to be. And then, you know, cracking on again at, at five o'clock the next day to get stuff done. And that's how I would work. You know, I'd have the, the children for maybe from nine until three and then my, my business day would start thereafter. So that was a juggle. I'm glad to say that that's kind of even things out now that they're all at school and, and nursery. But I guess, you know, just taking it, you have to take it as it comes. You have to take each day as it comes and, and try not to get too worked up over things. Absolutely, absolutely. And there, so many of the listeners will be also trying to juggle childcare with the small kids and it's the start of the summer holidays as, as we're recording this and can be a real challenge for people to manage to to keep their business running while the while the kids are off so you got over it by um working all the hours and you know what going yeah. back yeah looking back now i think i would tell myself to get more sleep and and take a rest but you know when you when you're launching a business you've got all that adrenaline pumping through you you are in love with that business as well so i think if somebody told me to take a rest then um i wouldn't have listened at that point so <laughs> you just got to do what you can do are you are you still in love with the business or have you been through some of these have you been through some dips as absolutely, well absolutely of course i mean going back to to lockdowns when there was homeschooling and you know everything was up in the air for everybody there was that question mark of are we going to see through this this year um that's incredibly difficult to to get your head around when you are in love with your business so much and you don't want to let it go so I think, yes, I'm even more in love with it now. I think I compare it to a marriage. You know, you, you are absolutely obsessed with each other at the start in a marriage when you first meet each other. And then you get to, to a point where it's just this overall content and, and calm. And uh, you know where you're heading. You know that you've got each other for the rest of your life. And, um, and yeah, yeah, I really like the, the, the point that we're at just now. Oh, I love that analogy. This, yeah, so <laughs> that's great. That's brilliant. Leading on from that, who have been your biggest supporters um, in your business? I've been absolutely blown away by, by the local community in Aberdeen, to be quite honest. Um, I didn't know where to start uh, when I first started Beauty Booker. I knew I had this idea and I knew I had to follow it through, but I didn't know who, how I was going to get from A to B. And I guess that's still very much the case for a lot of entrepreneurs and still the case for us at this stage in the business you know i still have that b in my head of where we need to get to and that end product um and it's about the journey so i was lucky enough to be part of of two sectors almost you know we had the hair and beauty sector that i i needed to um network in and and get introduced to and and have conversations in 
but I also had the local Aberdeen business community that I knew I had to make the contacts in in order to to gain some traction and to get better advice and support. Um, and lucky, luckily enough, uh, one code base in Aberdeen had just launched at the same time as Beauty Booker near enough. So all of a sudden, I'd go into one code base and I was surrounded by people that knew tech business models and tech pricing plans. And immediately I had those conversations where people knew where I was coming from. And I hadn't had that before in any networking kind of, of way. You know, people would say, that's a fantastic idea. I would use that. But I needed more than than that. I needed to be challenged on the concept and, and on a business model. So one code base really provided that for me in terms of a community of people that you could go to and just kind of shoot the breeze and, and, and speak to. So that was great. For the listeners who, who aren't in, in Aberdeen, maybe aren't familiar with one code base, can you just maybe explain to them what 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 one code base is and what they do of course so so they are a tech hub for tech entrepreneurs uh, and they're really looking to accelerate uh, those those tech journeys and support uh, tech entrepreneurs in scotland so so they have a hub in aberdeen uh, and they also have one in edinburgh as well um, and they provide mentorship schemes as well in order to kind of see you through that journey um so i've i've spent quite a bit of time in in the one code base in Aberdeen and then more recently um I've spent some time with Zoe Evans who's launched um, an incredible platform called uh, the female founders squad um and this is uh, an initiative to help female founders in the UK and globally um Zoe's firmly got her, her sights set on on taking this tool globally because I don't know if you know the the most the recent stats, Brenda. Um, they've actually been out for for a little bit now, but you know, for one p in every pound in VC investment is spent on a female founder. One p in every pound in the UK. So we need to do more to help female founders get that support and get that investment in order to scale up their businesses. Because without that, businesses don't grow. You know, a lot of tech businesses are self-sufficient they do run on bootstrapping uh, and they can but in order to scale it's near enough impossible to fund it yourself you have to get in tech investment so so the more investment they get the more we're going to see female founders at a level where they should be I'm, I'm still gobsmacked at that statistic actually one penny in every pound it's, it's, one p it's, in every pound oh. for a female so Sorry, going back to, to Zoe's platform, what she aims to do is is uh, take them on a bit of a journey to get them investment ready, provide education, in, especially in, in kind of lean startup methods and, you know, how do you pitch your business in the right way to, to gain um, recognition from these, these VC founder, uh, sorry, VC investors. Um, and then she's, she is working on something incredible called the VC, uh, the investment match tool which will then match uh, founders to investors globally. And I just think it's amazing what she's doing. It's absolutely incredible. That's fantastic. Really um, badly needed support for women in, in, in business, female founders. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. That's great. So 
well, one of my questions was, how are you making a difference to female entrepreneurs? Clearly, you're involved in the Female Founder Squad. You're doing the support with the, the schools in the area. You know, part of my reason for starting this uh, this podcast is because, you know, statistics show that only one in three entrepreneurs in the UK are female and men are five times more likely to scale up to over a million. And if we did match and start and scale our businesses to the same extent as men, it would add 250 billion to the UK economy. So as as obviously a very passionate woman in business, what do you think that we can do, you and I and the listeners, to bring about that sort of revolution to to the business and business uh, sector? In all honesty, I think we need to go back to basics a little bit. I think those stats that, that we speak about are not spoken about enough. And I think we need to educate our, our male our, our male colleagues, our husbands, and we need to tell them how difficult this is, because it is. And it's not gonna change overnight. And it's not something going by the current rate is gonna change in the next five to 10 years. So we need to educate men on how bad this is. And then hopefully the more men that are educated the more reason that those changes can be made at a boardroom level. And it has to filter back to that. I totally agree that, you know, we can't do this on our own. There aren't, there aren't enough of us, I, I don't think, in, in business uh, to make enough of a difference. So, yes, we definitely need, need the men on board. If you know of any that would make a good uh, interviewee for the podcast, Kate, I'd be delighted for a referral because at the moment it's all been women that I've been interviewing and I think I do need, I do need men that are uh, on this, uh, championing this revolution with us. I'll, I'll have a look at the contact list for you, Brenda. <laughs> That'd be brilliant. <laughs> what are the, the big goals for Kate Stott moving forward then? We've hopefully seen the back of the worst of the COVID restrictions and everything now. Where is, where's Kate Stott and Beauty Booker going now? Personally, Kate Stott needs a two-week holiday somewhere Wi-Fi free, and first and foremost. <laughs> um, but all jokes aside, um, you know, we're we're just working on growth now. Um, I, I think we've, we've firmly set our sights on where we are and where we need to be, and now we need to grow. Um, and obviously going back to, to what I said initially about that um, tool that we want to advertise individuals themselves and work in synergy with the booking salon softwares. So that's our next big project and that's going to see me quite busy over the next three, four months. And then just growing the premises finder, growing the training hub and um, and yeah. I'm, I'm really, really excited, but also I know that we are in quite a difficult time and I think we're going to be in it for quite a while when it comes to our economy. So we just need to align ourselves with what our industry needs um, in order to, to survive and pull through. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's been a true pleasure to talk to you today, Kate. Really great to hear your story and, and how you're making such a difference to uh, to an industry that's that's really struggled over the last the last year and a half so yeah absolute pleasure thank you so much thank you so much for having me brenda i'll speak to you soon thanks for listening to scale her up the female entrepreneurs show don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and please join our facebook community at scale her up 
please connect with me, Brenda Hector, on social media and drop me a message to let me know you're enjoying the podcast. Or even better, pop a wee review on iTunes. I'm going to finish by reminding you, only one in three UK entrepreneurs are female and men are five times more likely to scale their business to over one million in turnover than women. If we started and scaled our businesses to the same extent as men, it would add 250 billion to the UK economy and provide millions of jobs. Ladies, you can do it and we're going to make a massive difference. Mm -hmm.